the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. Hello. This is the Live Big Broadcast. Today we will hear a classic message from Bishop Greer. We believe this word will bless you, so let's get into this classic teaching as we continue our previous broadcast. This was an anointing for every day of Joshua's life. And from what God said, the, 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 the conclusion Joshua, you know, had to come to the conclusion I've had to make it in my life. I don't know what round my opponent's going to go down. But I do know if I find the courage to step into the ring, if I find the courage to keep on swinging, God will make sure before this thing is over, I'm still somehow left standing. But I got to get into the ring. I got to fight the good fight. And to the degree that I stand, I will remain standing. Again, I don't know what round. You know, when I grew up, my dad would watch the Golden Gloves on TV. And it was three-round fights. But they were, you know, the, the Golden Gloves were not for pros. And many of you, you're good people, but, but you kind of want a semi-pro situation with God. Well, Lord, I'm, I'm training for the minimum. Lord, I'm serious about the minimum. But when you step into that next level, it's not a three-round fight anymore. People that were good at three-round fights ain't so good sometimes at seven, eight, nine, ten, and eleven-round fights. And I don't always know what round. If it's going to be the first, I love it in the first, though. I prefer it in the first. How many of y'all like the first? Who wants to endure? Who wants to take some blows? Who wants to take the hits? But if I make it to that point, only God knows the point. But when, when God's finally satisfied that, that enough of my medal was proven, Enough of his glory could be revealed. It's at that point that the enemy goes down. He said, no one will be able to stand. So they, they'll come against you, but they will not last. Yeah. I, I have found in ministry, I've been in ministry a lot of years. I hope I don't sound cocky today, but I'm just trying to get your spirit in here. Get, get you an attitude. I have outlived and outlasted almost all my critics. You hear what I'm saying? Doing things they never, they said I would never, ever, ever do. But they came hard. They came strong. I thought they got me. But I just kept my hands up. Kept worshiping my God. I got into that ring and I praised and I worshiped. Hallelujah. In the midst of every blow. I thank you, Jesus, when they hit me in the rib. 
God, God, you know, God, God, God's going to fix it even when they broke it. You hear what I'm saying? And when I endured, God showed himself strong. Let's go on. He said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. What God was in the past generation, he will be in this generation. Now, you're singing songs, you know, them good old days. You remember the good old days. Well, God wanted you in the good old days, you would have been here. But God has set you in a time such as this. Because he knew what he put in you, he knew what the world would need when you arrived. But if we would just stand up and put our foot down like Joshua, we will find results like the old saints had. He said, I will not leave you. Now, God is about to be emphatic here because he's going to say it a positive way, in a positive way, as well as in a negative way. He said, I will not what? Lead you, leave you. God will never lead you into anything he can't get you out of. There's no seat deep enough that God can't reach in and, and then pull you out. But this says, nor forsake you. In literal Hebrew, it means to, to become weak or relaxed toward you. You see, he who watches over me neither slumbers nor sleeps. Meaning God will never, ever drop the ball or miss any detail as it relates to yours and my life. He is an on-time God every time, every time. Verse 6. He said, Joshua, be strong and of good courage. Joshua had already, already proven that he was a very able man. But even he could not fulfill the vision God had given him in his own strength. And here's the deal. If God's really given you a vision, it will always be too big for you. And if you can fulfill it based on your own planning and your own strength, it's not God. It's, it's your flesh and your imagination. But here's what I find. The greater work that God calls us to do, the greater strength and encouragement he has to give us for the task. So, before Joshua can do all the things God's assigned him, he has to be encouraged by God. And my hope is that this morning, you, 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 I'm so tired of this mealy-mouth approach to things. Now, I'm praying that God sets some fire in your bones and that he releases some confidence and assurance through the teaching of his word. He said, for to this people, the people in this room, not the people who aren't in this room. Forget about the people not in this room anymore. But for this people, you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. What is God doing? He's saying, Joshua, you could do this. God is the greatest cheerleader you will ever know. He's saying, Grace Church, you could do it. He's saying, you can do this. But let's dig into the caveat here. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. He was saying, Joshua, in order for you to do what I want you to do, you're going to have to learn to tap into my strength. Human strength can't do this. But only, Joshua, be strong and and courageous. Joshua, I need you to act like you know, 
talk like you know, walk like you know, live like you know. But Joshua, the only way you can do that is if you tap into something bigger than yourself. Joshua, as great as you are, you're not great enough. And then it says, tap in, but watch the purpose of the tap in. That you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, what? Commanded you. In order for Joshua to live out the book, it would take him being strong and very what? Courageous. It takes courage to live like this book says live. It takes courage to think like those in this book thought. It takes courage to act like people in this book act. Walking with God is not for the timid. In fact, fact, Scripture says Paul was encouraging Timothy. Timothy, you know, the the, the police officers, back then it was the soldiers, were going to take him to jail because, you know, Nero was doing some terrible things in the church. and, And the church was doing really well until the persecution set in. Then Paul, who was in prison himself, he had to write a letter to Timothy. He said, Timothy, I know I'm not there, but I've been praying for you, and I, I, I sense some things in the Spirit. And I'm going to put this in Derek Greer vernacular. It's going to read a little differently in your Bible, but it's the way I read. This is 2 Timothy, first chapter. He said, Timothy, God has not given you that punk timid, backing up, stuttering. The text says spirit of fear. But I've been praying for you, Timothy. And what's on you is not from God. Timothy was a pastor. Timothy has sat in some of the greatest meetings in the world. Paul was his mentor. But he had a wrong spirit on him. Do you hear what I'm saying? You may have some of the great, greatest tutoring and the greatest resources available in history. But if you got the wrong spirit on you, it's not going to end well. He said, Timothy, God has not given you that sniffling, shuffling, jive spirit of fear. That's not God but the devil. And that thing that got you frightened is not God but the devil. It's the devil. And you need to discern it and call it what it is. He said, God didn't give you that, boy. Stop acting so timid. Stop dreaming so small. Am I not God? Can I not do all things? I am the creator of the ends of the earth, God says. Walk like you know. Act like you know. Talk like you know something. And somebody, I am God. Beside me, there's another. If you really belong to me, Timothy, act like it. God has not given you a shivering spirit. But what he did give you, Timothy, and you need to get back to, is a spirit of power and love and a sound mind, clear thought, clear thinking in the midst of difficulty, hardship, and pain. And this was the first time that the book was written down for the masses to read. And Joshua's about to tell us what we're supposed to do with this book we call the Bible. 
He said, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. The only reason Satan tries to get us out of this book is because he knows the power in it. Because watch why. That you may prosper. See, here's why the devil's pushing you to go back to listen to Aunt Jemima and Uncle Revis and Pastor Hoop, but ain't got nothing to say. Preach it better than you saying amen. If he can get you out of the book, he can steal your prosperity. If he just gets you into church and the church experience, but out of the book, he will steal your prosperity. A lot of folks know how to have church, but wouldn't know truth if it hit them with a purple suit, purple hat, and six foot cane. I'll be nicer next Sunday. Come back. Please come back. That you may prosper, pay attention to the book, wherever you go. This is not just church stuff. Do you hear what I'm saying? And when you get hold of this, 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 this word, it'll work in your family. It'll work in school. It'll work on, on a job. You see, my job is not just to inspire you. Inspiration is good. It's a noble and high thing. But another part of my job is to inform you of the greatness God has hid in you. And if I just inspire you without giving you the information, you just have excitement without intelligence. The devil's going to eat your lunch and pop your bag each time. But this book of the law shall. Now, he spent eight verses encouraging Joshua. But now he's about to get into the nuts and bolts of, of how to do this thing. And, and it's important. I need to cheerlead. I need to be inspired. But I also need to know how. So now he's about to show the how. He said, Joshua, this is what you need to do. Here's, here's the steps. This book of the law shall not depart from your what? Mouth. At some point, the words of this book has to lift from the pages, get into our mouths and our personal testimony. At some point, these stories, these narratives cannot just be about Moses, Daniel, David. At some point, it has to be about you and it has to be about me. At some point, we have to own it and it has to become part of our testimony. But you, Joshua, shall meditate in it. Now, this is how the power shows up. Now, we, we've been talking about the miracles in your mouth and the power of, of, of saying what, what God says. But unless you understand what he's about to say, this whole series is going to go over, over your head. You see, a, a cow uh, would, would chew the cud, if you will, and they have different compartments in their stomach. And what they would do is they would chew the grass and then they swallow it, but then they regurgitate it and chew it again. That's why their mouths are always moving. They chewed the cud. And it was only after a number of times of doing this, I don't remember if it was five, seven, I'm not sure, 
would they really begin to digest it? So what happens with church people, I'm not talking about you, church people. They go to church on Sunday, they ring that bell, they think that's all I need to do. That's not what he said to Joshua. You got to meditate. He's about to say day and night. But you got to chew this thing. You, you, you got to stay and meditate on this thing. See, that, that's why when, when I come here to minister, my, my hope is to have something that sticks in your, your head that keeps going over and over again in your mind to begin the meditation process. Does that make sense to you? But you shall what? Meditate in it. So what we're to do, to use another analogy, is we're to kind of be like a sponge. And you know, a sponge will get into something until it gets saturated. And what God wants is not just for every now and then on a Sunday to get the word, but then by Friday, you're like that, 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 that uh, 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 sponge on the side of the street you, sink you haven't used for a week. It's all dry, and you could break it and crush it. And he wants us to be like a sponge that has absorbed his word. So when life tries to put a squeeze on us, the only thing that comes out is what God has said. God's word is what comes out of us because we've saturated, we've soaked in God's word till it became part of our pores. It became part of who we were. It wasn't just some preacher saying something. It became part of me. And when the devil tried to squeeze me, it was Christ and his glory that came out. But you shall, you, Joshua, shall meditate in it day, and not not just your pastor or the next speaker, but you, you see, this is for the serious. You shall meditate on day and night. The results I'm talking about are not for part-timers. And if you're a part-timer... Love you, I'm for you. Bless you when you come, bless you when you go. You will not have these results. He said, you got to get into this word till the word gets in you. He said, you shall meditate on it day and what? Night. You see, the part-timers, I'm going to talk to this side of the room. Part of the time you love the Lord. And the other part of the time is the world. And it's often on relationship with God. You wonder that you never reach the saturation point because you're in and then you're out. So every now and then you make it on a Sunday, but then by Thursday you're dry. And then when someone puts the squeeze on you, break up, fall apart, and say, well, I thought, the preacher said I'd be all right. No, 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 I'm not talking to part-timers. I'm talking to day and night people. I know you're not saying amen because you're thinking. Not because you're mad at me, because you're thinking. Amen. One guy commented and said, well, you know, the reason we don't say amen, because my mama raised me not to talk with my mouth full. Right now my mouth is full. And the word of God is becoming a meal. Man, I got to do something about it. We got to get this AC turned up a little bit higher. I'm almost through, though. You shall meditate on it. Please pay attention. This is the most important part of what I'm saying today. Day and night. If you want exceptional results, you're going to have to go to exceptional lengths. 
You see, every time God has healed me, delivered me, or blessed this church in a major way, it was after an intense period of day and night, 24-7, getting the truth in my ears and meditating on it in my heart. And then out of that came the miracle. The anointing didn't just kind of come down from heaven. No, I got into that word till the word got in me. And then out of that came the deliverance. But it was full time. And you're going to have to. You see, part-timers get paid differently than full-timers. Part-timers have different benefits than full-timers. Part-timers can't always pay their bills like full-timers. Imagine if me and my wife went to the altar and said, I love you, baby, but I want to do it part-time. I'm going to love you on Sunday. If it's a good week on Wednesday. But I need to do my thing on Monday, Tuesday, and the rest of the week. How strong would that relationship be? God's calling for a day and night commitment to his word. He said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but shall, you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do all that was written in it. Do you notice the doing comes after the saying and the meditating? Anybody grow up with a pump rifle? You pump the thing and, and you shoot a little daisy rifle. Can you, can you bring me that real quick? By the way, nothing crazy is about to happen. It's all good, what, what I'm about to do. You're moving slow, man. We're out of time. All right. Thank you. Thank you, man. Now, the problem with a lot of folks is they, they hear what I'm teaching about the power words and everything. So, all right. So you're going to say something. Oh, Mr. Devil, get out of my house. And the devil look at you like, well, Paul, I know. Might even say bishop, I know, but uh, who is you? But when I have one of these guns, in order for power to be released, you had to pump it. See, the thing is, y'all get one pump on Sunday. Thank God for Sunday. It do a little something, but it won't do a full time something. When it becomes Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And this becomes a lifestyle. Getting into God's word and letting God's word get in you. Then when you say, you know what, I'm, I got the, I've hid the word in my heart that I might not sin against it. You got some power in you. You put that thing in your sights. Ready? Aim, fire. And there's power behind you. You hear me? Because you stayed at it. And let me tell you something, for the day and hour we're in, a one-pump BB shot ain't going to get it done. It's going to take some power. But Jesus said to one person, be it unto you according to your faith. According, the Bible said, he'll do abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. According to the power in us. So if you have a part-time relationship with God, don't be surprised if you only get part of the results that we preach about, teach about, 
and that God promises in his word. It says, for then, this is after the saying and meditating, you will make your way prosperous, meaning you can shoot for the stars and you get God's word in your heart and mind. And then you will have what? Good success. What's the difference between good success and bad success? Good success, you don't have to feel guilty about. Good, good, good success, you could go to sleep with a clear conscience. I believe there's some people in this room. In fact, I, I believe we're entering a season where we're about to cross over this Jordan. We're about to go into new territory and do new things. And yes, it's true for the church, but it's true for each of our lives. But the only way we're going to do it is till we get into this word, till this word gets in us. And the Bible said, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might until we tap into the strength of God and that strength becomes ours. I believe in this season, God will give us everything we're bold enough and bad enough, willing to put our foot down to take. We're in a great time, a great season. I know it's dark out there, but the Bible said, you know, arise and shine for the light has come. And that, you know, the world's full with gross darkness, but, 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 but the light, the, you know, the, the pattern is the darker the darkness, the brighter the light appears. And that's going to be the pattern even in our day. Amen. Amen. This has been a classic message from Bishop Derek Greer. We pray that God's word has equipped you to think big, do big, and live big in a way that your life overflows and blesses those around you. If you want to learn more about becoming a Christian or you feel that you need to rededicate your life to Christ, we want to walk you through the steps to do so. Go to gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more and watch videos from Bishop Greer that will guide you into your life in Christ. Again, that's gracechurchva.org salvation. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at GraceChurchVATV. While you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.